Welcome to Lessons from Lockdown. This is a mini-series of the Transforming Society podcast where we're speaking to authors to identify lessons government should be learning at this time. In this first episode, I chat to Sam Royston, who's Director of Policy and Research at the Children's Society, where he leads the charity's policy work on child poverty. His book, Broken Benefits, What's Gone Wrong with Welfare Reform, is published by Policy Press. Hi, Sam. Thank you for chatting to me today. Um, Obviously, we're in lockdown with the pandemic. What's been on your mind and what have you been working on? Hi. Well, um, clearly, this has been a really difficult time for many children and young people across the country and particularly uh, for children in lower income families. We know that there have been some real, real challenges um, being faced as a result of um, as a result of lockdown, as a result of many families having lower levels of income, um, as a result of um, job insecurity, lower levels of work, um, in some cases people are falling out of employment altogether. And we've been particularly concerned about two issues. One has been local welfare assistance. Um, So local authorities, councils have been very much on the front line of responding to COVID-19. And um, in Broken Benefits, in the book, I spoke about um, changes that were made some years ago to the provision of emergency support which emergency financial support which put a lot more responsibility on councils to be responding uh, but without properly funding them in order to uh, in order to respond to that and now today with um, the impact of COVID-19 we're seeing real pressure being put on local welfare assistance schemes in many different parts of the country um, with many many families needing emergency financial support as a result of their kind of precarious circumstances um, people are being uh, are being faced with. So we're doing a lot of work at the moment around how those local welfare assistance schemes can be improved and made ready for um, supporting recovery. Um, And the other other issue we've been doing a lot of work around has been uh, those families who have um, are outside of the social security system uh, as a result of their immigration status, meaning that they have no recourse to public funds. And we've been really, really concerned and heard from a lot of frontline organisations, really profound concerns about the um, the impact that coronavirus may be having on those groups. Um, so those are those are two of the two of the principal issues we've been we've been thinking about and concerned about uh, in the course of this. Thank you. Um, So what we want these podcasts to do is kind of highlight what particular lessons government needs to learn in order to progress and kind of move forward from where we are now and support people. From your work with the Children's Society and your research, what do you think those lessons are for government? Well, one thing is properly funding local authorities to do the frontline work that they need to do to respond to a crisis like this, and particularly... I think it's very, very clear that local welfare assistance schemes, those schemes to support people when they really are facing um, financial crisis, are so, so important and should be at the heart uh, of a response to uh, a, re- a re- response to financial crisis. But mm. in many cases, simply aren't there okay. um, because local authorities don't have the funding to deliver them. Um, we need to see, uh, I mean, 
one of the things that I spoke about in the book is coming up a lot as a result of um, increasing numbers of uh, people claiming universal credit is the five week waiting period. Um, what can be a lot longer, actually, than five weeks. It's always talked about as five week waiting period, but can be a much extended. Okay. Uh, that's that's a real real concern at the moment people facing who are facing hardship um not having to wait a considerable amount of time before their first universal credit payment comes through yeah um, the third issue which has emerged isn't something that we've uh, that the that i or indeed children's society have done done much much research on in the past but has come out as a really key issue um has been issues of digital exclusion um often related to poverty mm. uh, because all services are now being delivered digitally you know we're having this conversation digi yeah. digitally and um, if people can't don't have the means to be able to access um, services online or over the telephone, then they are so can be so deeply excluded at the moment. I have real, real concerns about um, those families who don't have digital access means to not to complete schoolwork, but also to access key services that could be supporting them through the course of that, this crisis. So that's certainly something something that's come up a lot. So how would that be delivered then? Would that be specific financial support given to people so that they could buy technology? Well, there there are a lot of ways that the issues of digital exclusion could be addressed. Uh, the government have, for example, set up um, uh, a scheme of providing uh, laptops for um, children in uh, vulnerable groups uh, in certain um, in certain years at school right. um, in order to kind of support them with schoolwork. But firstly, it's been slow to roll out. And secondly, the groups that are eligible for that support are very, very limited. Okay. So. It is possible to, 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 to set up um, kind of schemes that could reduce the cost of broadband, that could provide free laptops and other digital um, technologies to, uh, to, to those who are excluded. But it also needs to be considered that the, it, whilst financial barriers are one of the barriers uh, to, to digital inclusion, in a lot of cases it goes well beyond that. So oh, then if people are not used to using digital technologies, they may need um, kind of support with, uh, with with starting to starting to use them, and all of that can be very hard to deliver at the moment. So uh, there are definitely things that can be done quite quickly to address mm -hmm. financial barriers, but actually some of the most challenging ones will be uh, will be some of the other social barriers to use of digital technologies. So are there any other lessons that you think the government should be learning and acting on right now? Well, um, in Broken Benefits, I've talked about there being kind of four key things which an effective social security system needs to do. Um, and I think that they're probably more important now than ever. So preventing poverty and destitution, responding to differences uh, in need between households, uh, supporting socially desirable behaviours and kind of simplifying the system from the perspective of the user. And I think there are things that can be done in all of those areas at the moment. So, for example, 
example, in preventing poverty and destitution, I can't see anything more important right now than making sure that there are effective local welfare assistance schemes in place to respond to uh, instances of crisis as they come up. And and um, making sure that people with no recourse to public funds um, have access to social security, that those those conditions are postponed. Um, in terms of simplifying the system, I think that, you know, the five week waiting period for universal credit, which delays people getting access to the support that they need through the course of this crisis, really needs uh, really needs urgently addressing. Mm-hmm. So I think. There are lessons for the government in all four of those areas, and hopefully I've outlined a few of them. Cool. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Sam. I really hope that will be heard and acted on. You can find out more about the Children's Society at childrensociety.org.uk and more about Sam's book, Broken Benefits, What's Gone Wrong with Welfare Reform, at policy.bristoluniversitypress.co.uk.